Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of two superpowers. You know, really. I mean, there's um, every every player has you know um, skill sets that you know that really help them that they're really good at, and then you know there's some that you know that they're not as good at. You know, you can just stack up all the quarterbacks. Speaking specifically, um, you know, some guys have this ability, some guys have that ability. You know, if you compared a Michael Vick to a Tom Brady, both outstanding quarterbacks, but different styles of play. Um, two is two of secret powers are. Um, his anticipation, his timing, his vision, and his accuracy. And he does that as well as anybody that, that I've been around. And um, not everybody can anticipate. Um, you know, sometimes, I, I, you know, not to get into the specifics, but different style of players, um, you know, can rely on their other skill sets, you know, whatever those may be. And um, But those are the things that he does well. And I think Mike has done a great job of, you know, taking two of his skill sets those four things specifically, implementing an offense that enhances his skills as well as the other players that we have. You know, I mean, obviously it's, you know, to, whether it's Tyreek's skill sets, whether it's Jalen's, Durham's, Raheem, Achan, I mean, all those guys. And that's the, um, that's, you know, that's the skill that Mike has to be able to, to see a vision, implement the vision, and then use all the guys that he has, um, their skill sets to their best. All right, that's quarterback coach Daryl Bevel, uh, who might be on his way at some point here again to head coaching job. Matter of fact, I really? put him at the top of the list of guys who are going to have a chance off this coaching staff. Nah, Frank Smith's at the top. You think? Oh, yeah, Frank Frank Smith. Don't know much about Frank, man. Don't know much about him. Kind of see him, big, but... see him a lot, but can't, can't, uh, can't get a read on him. And I'll tell you another guy that's going to make a big jump here pretty soon is Wes Welker. Really? To what offensive coordinator? Yep. Wow, that's he's uh, he's now been around the uh, flavor of San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. And he's been in the flavor of uh, of the Dolphins with with what they're doing and the added stuff between Shanahan and Mike. And uh, I think, but but I uh, I thought it was great stuff that he had about too. It was really good stuff. You heard the anticipation, vision. Accuracy, what's, timing. Joe, you played with one of the arguably the greatest quarterbacks in the game. What's your number one trait that you need from a quarterback? Um, his was nope. I didn't ask you about his. What is your number one trait that you need from a quarterback? Everybody knows Marino had. I would even say his pocket presence was his number confidence. One trait. Confidence was Marino's I, I, number one trait, like nobody else. His confidence. Okay. Um. He was as confident in a huddle down on the road. There's nobody I'd rather be with than uh, than that guy. And also aggressive. Third and five at midfield to keep a drive going late, and he's thinking over the top because he thought everybody was sitting on a short route to move the chains, and that's when he wanted to win it. Mm-hmm. Give him a stutter. He something. Give him a stutter and go. It's coming to you. Uh, real aggressive. Okay. And had. So you need you so need. he had but he had just here's the problem like the joke was with him is he goes I'm going to a football camp this this weekend in the off season and I go oh that ought to be really interesting and teach those kids that quick release and that strong arm accurate <laughs> arm how do, how do you teach them that because like he had he has gifts that yeah Isn't every it? guy would like to be able to like yeah. like had down the next thing it's up and gone from A to B forty yards down the field and it just. Quick release, um, strong arm. I think his pocket presence was phenomenal. Great. Phenom- Slid in yeah. the pocket, 
Yeah. And he, he had some natural gifts, man. He, ju- he just, I don't know what he'd say. Okay, but, but what I never is- actually, it's funny, you're with, I'm with him all the time, and I never go, hey, let's break down how you work. Uh, let's talk about things you could do. And he would say, I could do everything. <laughs> <laughs> but what is your number one trait of ability that you want from a quarterback? Oh, man, I, I think confidence in the huddle. I never thought about. So when I he was ne- in the huddle, he would say stuff like, uh, and I've heard Joe Mon- they say that about Joe Montana too, like, hey, today we got to score every time we get the ball, and we're going to. Or, hey, guys, plenty of time. We got a minute, 10. No timeouts. That's all we need. We got it. Hey, we're going over the top. Hey, guess what? They're sitting on this stuff. We're going over the top. Look up. Just look over your shoulder. Be right there. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. He'd say that directly to you. Yeah. He'd look at guys in the huddle. He'd look yeah. at Clayton and Duper, and, and, and he'd go like, hey, you know, what, what's the deal? You can't beat a perfect throw. Like he he had four or five sayings that he throw out, and it was mm-hmm. okay. He, no, it's just different. I man. need another one. Give me another saying. What's the one he just said to Tua? Is a classic. Let it flow. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Pick a guy, let it fly. Pick a guy and let it fly. Yeah. Tua's going. Hey, is there anything? He goes. He just simplified everything. Everything with Danny was simplified. That yeah, it was just. Look at it, and there, like he screwed up all because he get it with a strong arm from point A to point B. Like three deep was nothing, and three deep was like two deep because he could throw it between the guy playing in the middle of the field and in the corner when they go three deep. You could go down slant, and he could get the ball there even though they knew he was going to throw it. He just – it was just gone, and it was there, and you're a step behind it every mm-hmm. time. So he screwed up. All the coverages and all the belief. With three deep, we can take away everything deep. No, you can't, because he he just he'd live between the corner and the and the safety that's in the middle of the field. He just did things that, I mean, everybody played dime and quarters against us. We like guys were bringing other guys up to play an extra and extra you still couldn't extra. run the damn ball and. Mm. Well, listen, that wasn't a priority back then. <laughs> People playing diamond quarters yeah. against listen, you. Listen, man. And you, we, you ain't trying to run. We played seven-on-seven seven better than anybody Who back then. Who was a release? Danny or Tua? Tua. I mean, Danny, of course. Danny I, don't, I don't even think Tua's release is, is that quick. No, it's quick. Oh, it's quick? It's the quickest in the NFL? But No, he gets the ball out of his hand. I got to tell you, man, when the quick releases I think of is Joe Namath and Dan Marino. Yeah, no, I don't even think Tua's. I think Tua's diagnostic ability is extremely fast. Now, and. and well, I, he's got. You got to have, for, for him, all those things that we. Anticipation, vision, accuracy, and timing. That's yeah. what. That's what he, he throws is. it yeah. in those windows, and those guys come out of that break, and there it is, man. Yeah, right between the numbers. How'd you like it? I I love I love the fact that he throws to spots. Yeah, and he don't he don't throw to open receivers. He throws to spots that he knows his receivers are supposed to be at, and I think that's elite quarterbacking. I think that's next level quarterback. We uh we're running. I I'm sorry, I've been running behind all day. I'm just just sucking. It, it, that's what happens when you have a good conversation. Well, Joe. yeah, we just keep rolling it here. But anyway, you got Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk going to join us in just a minute. So stay with us. All right, let's go right to him. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk joins us this morning. Mike, good morning. How you doing? 
Doing great, guys. How are you today? We're doing great. And, and Mike, I got to jump right in a couple of days ago. A little surprised uh, to his comments about, uh, I guess, Tyreek. I'm still not exactly sure what it was. Everybody's talking about Tyreek. And, yeah, if you want to say it's all Tyreek or you want to say it's all Jalen or Raheem, and uh, and I'm keeping receipts, although I don't really pay attention. What'd you make out of that whole thing that he was talking about the other day? Well, this is not uncommon. On one hand, a player wants to create the impression that he is paying no attention whatsoever to anything that is being said about him that would be critical. On the other hand, every player is looking for motivation. Tom Brady would look for anything he could. Michael Jordan would make stuff up. So it's a fine line to walk. I don't listen, but I keep receipts because, yeah, it's gratifying if you can prove the people wrong who are saying the things that I don't listen to. You end up chasing your tail as you try to figure out the logic, but it's not uncommon. He's not the first one to try to balance. I don't pay attention to you guys, but I do. What what do you think is the biggest issue that irritates Tua? Is it that he's a product of Tyreek? Is it that he's a product of the offense? Is it that he hasn't won a big game? What, what, what do you think it is that, that sits under him like a thorn? I think it's all of the above, and I still think that there's a scar from how he was treated by the prior regime. Brian Flores was fixated on getting Deshaun Watson. Brian Flores wanted Tua to be someone that Tua isn't. There were some comments Tua made earlier this year to Michael Smith of NBC that we played in a Football Night in America broadcast before a Dolphins game. And even though he didn't mention Flores, it was clear that Tua was talking about B-Flow. You you know he'll never say his name, right? He will not say his name. I mean, and, and, and that's where Mike McDaniel's been a breath of fresh air here. He allows Tua to be himself. Now, the best version of Tua, I don't know where that takes the Dolphins. But when you look at the team as it's currently constituted, Tyreek Hill is, I believe, far more important than Tua. And I'm not saying that there are 50 guys out there that could do what Tua is doing. What he's doing, he makes it look easy so people take it for granted. He's running the offense very well. But between the two... Now, you take the ankle injury into consideration. How much time is Tyreek going to miss? Does he still get the 2,000 yards? He's going to have a hell of a time doing it the final three weeks after missing last week's game. But he, to me, stood out as the MVP candidate. But Tua is still having a great season. And he's with the right coach, and they're getting the most out of his abilities. That's the key. That's what you want from any player. Whatever your abilities are, you want a coach that's going to get you to the ceiling. And he's at the ceiling. And – How high does that ceiling take him and the team? We'll see. This is a chance to change the narrative. I know that Mike McDaniel said this week, F off with the narrative. Well, it's not a narrative. It's factual. They they haven't beaten a good team. They have a chance to beat a good team this weekend, which will change the narrative. If Tua plays a big role in that, it changes, I think, the widespread perception of how Tua fits into the broader structure of great NFL quarterbacks. Mike, I, I want to ask you, you're more curious uh, about watching the Ravens at San Francisco or the Cowboys coming to Hard Rock Stadium, both uh, some of the four best teams in football? Yeah, I think that Ravens 49ers game, because look, the Cowboys, even if they win out, they're going to have a hard time winning the division. 
the Eagles have the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. And the way it works out, if the two teams, Philly and Dallas, win their final three games, the Eagles win the division on like the fifth tiebreaker, strength of victory, but that's pretty much locked up if it holds. And it's Giants, Cardinals, Giants. The Eagles should win those last three games. This Ravens 49ers game has, I think, a broader narrative of the 49ers are clearly the best team in the NFL on the line. And I know the Ravens are salty because they're five-point underdogs. I'd look at that and I'd say, you, sh- you guys should feel respected, not yeah, disrespected, exactly. to be only five-point underdogs. The 49ers are kicking the crap out of everybody <laughs> they face. They beat the Cowboys and the Eagles by the combined score of 84 to 29. You're only, I thought they'd be 10-point underdogs. So as long as the 49ers' key players are healthy, they're going to roll over everyone. I said this week, they're talking about this game being a Super Bowl preview. Chances are, if this is a Super Bowl preview, the Super Bowl is going to suck because I think the 49ers are a lot better than the Ravens. And I kind of hope the Ravens win just because that would throw into doubt this question of whether or not the 49ers really are the clearly best team in the NFL and everyone else is playing for second place. Mike, I I wanted to ask you about this Dallas-Miami game. I call it the pretender bowl because both of these teams are viewed nationally as pretenders, but the winner isn't one of the winners, a Super Bowl contender. Oh, I think so. Now look, the Cowboys lost 42 to 10 to the 49ers. That was way back in week five. And then they had the embarrassing 31, 10 loss to the bills on Sunday. They really need to change things around quickly. Both teams are pushing against a narrative that has been proven out by what's happened this year. The Cowboys can't play very well on the road. They can't beat a good team on the road. And the Dolphins have yet to beat a quote-unquote good team. So somebody is going to defy the trends that have developed this year. And, yeah, look, every week games are played and the outcomes make us feel differently about the teams involved. And and I agree. Whoever wins this game, we're going to feel differently about them going into the final two weeks of the regular season. Mike, uh, I want to ask you, who's, we've been talking about coaches might lose their jobs, and that, that list is going to pick up as we go through these next couple of weeks. But I, I did want to ask you, who do you think is more attractive coach right now to the NFL, some of these NFL teams, Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? Well, we got to throw Mike Tomlin in there too. Mike Tomlin. I think the phone is going to ring in Pittsburgh. Wow. I think the phone's going to ring. Why would you, if you're thinking about, and the Patriots are trying to do this clumsy, have their cake and eat it too, where they move on from Belichick, but they get a draft pick for him from another team. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think the timeline works, and Bill Belichick has no reason to go along with it. But, look, I'm convinced there's no way the Steelers are going to fire Mike Tomlin, but there's just enough of a sense that maybe Tomlin's had enough, and maybe it's time for Tomlin to move on. And when you've got these other teams that are already thinking about this notion of trading for Belichick, if you're the commanders, would you rather have Belichick or Tomlin? I'd rather have Tomlin. I'd rather have Tomlin in any of these cities that's looking for a new coach. Beyond the fact that I could maybe get 20 years out of Tomlin, and what am I going to get out of Belichick? Four or five years? I mean, Tomlin is a proven winner. He's never had a losing season. And you could argue at times he's operating with one hand tied behind his back because – I don't think he's had the best talent. I think he, he finds a way to get the most he can out of the talent he has. But it just feels like it's time for a change for him and for the Steelers. So, so out of the three, I'd say Tom. And if it's down to Harbaugh and Belichick, I, like I, Peter King and I argued about this last week before Brandon Staley was fired, but it sure felt like it was moving that way. I think Harbaugh to the Chargers makes a lot more sense than Belichick to the Chargers. Now, team by team, that may differ. 
But Harbaugh's wanted to come back. He wanted that Chargers job last year, but they didn't fire Staley. I think Harbaugh would make a ton of sense as the next Chargers coach. Now, you, you, you dropped that Mike Tomlin bomb on me. If you're Mike Tomlin, do you join another organization without CEO power? Well, he's never really had CEO power in Pittsburgh. Art Rooney the second. You know, look at some of the guys who have become owners of teams who were previously minority owners in Pittsburgh. Jimmy Haslam, David Tepper, just to name a couple. They end up heavily involved in everything, but they don't do much to try to mask it. And because they haven't been great, they get a lot of the criticism. Art Rooney is very involved in that team. He doesn't feel compelled to bring any attention to it. And because the Steelers are always competitive, it never really gets drilled down upon the way that it should. Ed Bouchette, who's covered the Steelers for decades, he said on radio in Pittsburgh recently that Rooney ordered Tomlin to fire Matt Canada. I mean, Tomlin is sufficiently accomplished that no one should be ordering him to do anything when it comes to his coaching staff. And it just makes me wonder at what point did he say, I've had enough. He's always complied, though, with that broader structure. So he's never been the CEO in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I mean, I think he's been content to be the coach, to have a seat at the table, to have a voice in the decisions that are made. And I don't know if he's looking to have more power. I just, it, it just, there, there's just this growing sense. And I've been in and around Pittsburgh my entire life. And I've never felt this way about Tomlin and the Steelers. And I've been a big Tomlin proponent. There are Steelers fans that want to fire him whenever they lose two or more games in a row. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. Because <laughs> he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to be successful. And how do you and, replace him? And I feel him? like. Well, that's right. That's right. You, you, first of all, you've got to find another coach that's going to be as good or better, and you've got to watch him go somewhere else and immediately apply you know, the, the, uh, the electrical shock to the system. Mm. I mean, look, think of what he would do with the commanders. I think the commanders make the most sense. He's from that area. Think of what he would do to turn that team around and put yeah. in the kind of culture and the mindset. And nothing against Ron Rivera. I love Ron Rivera. But what Tomlin would do there – my gosh, the commanders would become attractive. They would become tough. They would be gritty. They'd be hard-nosed. He'd bring everything that he's done in Pittsburgh to D.C., and they'd have a lot more reason to be happy that Daniel Snyder is gone. Mike, we got three games left, but you know the always-changing MVP always comes up, and everybody's got an opinion. Um, if you're to look right now, and it seems like every week we get hot on somebody and they don't have a, a great game and it changes – who would you give it to right now after 14 games? Well, Tyreek was my guy until he missed last week's game. Yeah. And this conversation about who from the 49ers gets the vote, who's the guy, who's the guy. And they're in this like mutual admiration society where <laughs> none of them wants to say themselves. Right. Christian McCaffrey this week told Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, then Trent Williams. And I've seen some people suggest Trent Williams, and it's not crazy. It's never going to yeah, happen. But it's not crazy to at least say he's pretty damn valuable to that team. Mm-hmm. Hey, if Lamar and the Ravens beat the 49ers on Monday night, Lamar's the MVP. Lamar's the MVP. All those 49ers take a second seat to Lamar if the Ravens can go out there and win that game. I don't think they will, but if they do, it's Lamar. And, wow. you know, like we always say, we got to let the dust settle on the season and see who the one seeds are. That's the starting point. Who are the one seeds? Who are the most important players on the one seeds? I think Josh Allen's got an opportunity. Not that they'll be the one seed, but they, if they would steal the division and the way he's played recently. Now, I know last week they kind of put him in mothballs, but th- th- he, you know, th- there's a bunch of guys on the list of potential MVP. I'd even throw Miles Garrett on there as defensive 
not just player of the year, but a potential MVP if the Browns run the table and if they happen to catch the Ravens down the stretch. There are so many guys in the MVP conversation, yeah. and we won't really have clarity until the regular season ends. Mike, always great stuff, man. Really appreciate it. This is going to be a fun this last couple of weeks, all these games this week. Guys playing for wild cards as well as trying to win divisions. The Bills all of a sudden look like they could run the table and get right back in this with the Dolphins. It's going to be a fun last few weeks. And uh, hey, hey, watch the Rams. We didn't oh talk boy, about the Rams. No, They're oh the one God. team in the NFC that I think could beat the 49ers in the playoffs. They look really good. And that quarterback is playing at a really high level. And what a great get on a fifth-round wide receiver rookie to play at this level. My God, you're right. That's a, that's a great point. Hey, Mike, have a great holidays, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Mike Florio from uh, Pro Football Talk joining us this morning. Tomlin on the outs in Pittsburgh? That's crazy talk. He's going to be at the front of every line for a job. I, I will tell you, though, but it's he, he does sound different in all these. And he's got a, just got a lot of crazy stuff going on. He does seem really frustrated. This might be a mutual. Yeah. I no? Mean, you got, he's not getting fired. Somebody's going to trade for him. That that's a that's a trade situation. You that's an asset, and magic will do it. Let me ask you guys this one: Does Bel- some people Nobody like I listen to NFL Bel- Network, and they think I listen to uh, no, no. That's agent. Was that's it Mariucci? Agent. What's his name? That's Steve agent Mariucci? talk, brother. That's agent. He's talking talk. about like that's, yeah, a lot of teams gonna be really interested yeah, nah, in Belichick. That, that's, like, that's that's agent know, talk. Man. That's agents trying to drive up the market, and nobody's trading for Belichick. Yeah. They they know let, 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 they're gonna go to Robert Kraft. Go ahead, Robert. Ride ride him another season. But trading for somebody and wanting him are two different things. Yeah, well, you can give you can embarrass him and go, hey, we'll give you a seventh round pick for Belichick. <laughs> nah, yeah, and Belichick is not allowed. Belichick's like a player; they're not allowing you to trade him. They want to control their own destiny. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly right. He wants to go to where he's got a chance to win. Yeah, and get that damn record that he's been waiting to get from uh, from Coach Shula. All right, listen, we got to go to break here, but before we do. Uh, I'm on my way to, to finish it up at Beverly's Jewelers. So just uh, anybody going out, it's not too late is what I'm saying. Matter of fact, Beverly's Jewelers in Fort Lauderdale off Commercial Boulevard has extended their holiday hours uh, today, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I'm going to go earlier. Monday through Friday, yes. And then Saturday, tomorrow will be 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday, Christmas Eve, they're going to be open. Now, for, come on, man. Christmas Eve, if you're going, oh, my God, I didn't get enough. Let me. You can run to Beverly's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now, listen, a large, large selection of diamonds and necklaces and bracelets and earrings, whatever you're looking for, I want to let you know, including lab-grown diamond studs at the lowest prices, lab-grown tennis bracelets at a low price, and you can't tell the difference. Earth, mind, and and lab-grown diamonds, only... Very few people. Listen, that's the business Beverly's Jewelers been in. They want to let you know they really have something for everybody. Whatever you're looking for that says I love you for this Christmas, make sure you get out to Beverly's Jewelers. If you don't have a jewelry store, it's worth it to go up to Fort Lauderdale, get off a of commercial boulevard, and run right onto the store, and uh, you're in. It's a nice big store, great people, Amanda and Jeff. Uh, are up there and will take great care of you with that staff they have. They really make it easy. And listen, one of the many things they do and have been doing a long time is get you the perfect diamond engagement ring. And if you're thinking about that, get on over there and find something in a setting that you really like. Uh, They're leaders in both lab-grown and earth-grown diamonds. Really have something for everybody, and you're going to pay less. 
I promise you that. No interest financing, free gift wrapping. Beverly's makes it easy. Shop early and avoid the crowds. I hope I get to see you out there today if you're going to Beverly's Jewelers. Hey, listen, Beverly's Jewelers, where South Florida gets engaged. Go to BevJewelers.com, learn more, and get out to Beverly's Jewelers the next few days. All right, welcome back here on a on a Friday, and uh, got we got a few minutes left here. Omar, we we've uh, we've covered just about just about everything here. I honestly, it's not just because it's the end of the season, but but it is. We got some great games. Yeah. Um, the yeah. AFC South got three teams at eight and six, and I I didn't realize it. I don't know why I was looking, and and Jacksonville's at Tampa Bay. Uh, the Browns, who by the way are having a nice season for themselves, are, are taking Houston, taking on Houston. They're going to play the Texans, eight and six, and the Colts are eight and six. One of one of those teams going to win, and one team's got a chance to be a wild card. I'm not going to be surprised, by the way, if the Texans catch Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not looked very good. Nah, Texans Texans have surprised a lot of people, and I think that they have a great chance of getting in that wild card. But then you got Cleveland as well. No, Cleveland's going to get it, one of those wild cards. Yeah, no, um, it it uh, man, uh, you you know who's a, the sneaky team that that I think they can make a little bit of noise and spoil play spoiler for everybody is the damn Buffalo Bills. Oh yeah, you know what and, and I think that. If you don't play your cards right in these next two games, that season finale against Buffalo, yes, that could be for it all. That's pretty good motivation too. I'm trying really hard not to think about that last regular season game. Yeah, yeah. And as that, Mike McDaniel said, we got to focus on what we're doing this week, not all but, that, not that final three game stretch. But I will tell you, yeah. And if you're wondering, Bills at the LA Chargers this week, and then um, home against the Patriots. That's mm-hmm. a slam dunk. Yeah. And then they come down here. So, and by the way, Chargers are a mess. And I yeah. see uh, their number one receiver with all the catches. He's out. So uh, they're not even trying. Come on, Joe. They're they're not trying to win. I see. Maybe Joey Bowes is coming back. It was kind of weird. I saw he's come for back what for the last few games. Which is <laughs> kind of yeah. Like you might as well rest him. Get ready for next year. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, kind of a kind of a crazy one. So uh, yeah. And all right. So so how you feeling about this game coming up here? We got a, we got a few minutes here. Nervous. It's a big game, probably probably biggest of the season until next week, and then until the week after that. Um, I think that they're ready. I think that they're mentally focused. I think that they're locked in. I think that they know what's at stake. Um, they've got the number five defense in the NFL. They they're trending up, so I expect them to win. I expect them to take care of business. You know, there's a guy on Dallas's team, and I saw this the other day, and I've been working on the game. Deron Bland. Mm-hmm. He's got eight picks and five touchdowns. Yes. Very he's, good. he's got five touchdowns. That's screaming MV, that defensive player of the year numbers. Yes, it is. But yeah. nobody talks about him. Well, the, because he also gives up a lot of yards. No, no, of well. course he does. I know. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you score a lot of points. You get you got Stephon Gilmore on the other side. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, oh, he's, he's getting that Cater Coho treatment? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got to tell you, he still like you're right. They are throwing at him, but he he still he got eight picks. Eight picks is eight picks, and five of them he's taken to the house. Yeah, that's crazy. He's got that. He's crazy got that numbers. He's got that Cater Cole who target on his back. Well, listen, all that, and uh, I was going to ask you. We didn't have a chance to get to it. The the matchups. What what do you think of their receivers minus their number one guy, CD Lamb? Average. Brandon Cooks. Average. How many teams has he been on? Gallup, I know, is not doing it for guys. No. Everybody thought he was going to kind of have a breakout, and he's thirty-two for four hundred fourteen yards. It's it. The receivers are average. The the just take CD Lamb away from Dak. Whoa. They have a good tight end now. Yeah. yeah well, no, I didn't Ferguson's say, I, a good player. I didn't say anything about the tight end. Jake Ferguson's a good player. Just take Dak away. Take take Dak away. I mean, take C.D. Lamb away from Dak and force him to beat you with everybody else. But there's that, no that's way. Why, that's why Rams has got to no go inside Vic the There's no way Vic Fangio's going to let. We're, we're not going to be talking next week and going C.D. goes eight catches for 160 yards. I don't know. I don't know. If he if he don't take Cater, don't put Ramsey in there on the slot. I know where where I'm putting C D Lamb. You you are you down on Vic a little bit? You just I'm not down. I just go, not I, to get back into our conversation. No, he's got the number five defense in the NFL. They're, they're, they can continue to push for the number one spot. Record amount of sacks. I mean, Re- record amount things. of sacks. They're they're getting turnovers. I can't say anything negative about Vic Fangio except for the fact he's stubborn. Well, his way has worked. Yeah, for a right. long, long time. Absolutely, and he's aware of the fact that everybody's using his system, and he realizes he got paid the big bucks to come in here and do it. That's his why way. I don't understand how you can't acknowledge him as the number one candidate to become a head coach somewhere because he's. Because uh, I got a, I got a thought on that, and this goes to a whole bunch of guys I've seen come through here. Just because you're a good coordinator doesn't make you a good head coach. Okay. Are All you right. with me on that? I definitely agree. We've had it's, certain guys that I go, man, you're a really good coordinator, a special teams coordinator, offense or defense, but that does, it's one thing to go, hey, the big man wants us to put in a good practice today, so let's go. It's another now you're the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that, that head coaching thing's completely – A different animal. Yeah, okay. It's not for everyone. I, I don't, not that everybody doesn't want to try it. I, that I know his personality would rub people the wrong way because it, it certainly rubs a lot of people the wrong way. So I'm not I, sure I don't Vic think, gets another shot. I don't know if he gets another shot either from, head coach. from a personality but standpoint. But he can coach coordinator for a long time and make God only knows when he's done the amount of money Vic's made as a defensive coordinator, he'll live a happily ever after life. I think he's living a happily ever after life. Yeah, right I now. think he's enjoying himself down there. You just, I just can't tell when I see him. Yeah, he's he's he got no responsibility except for the defense. He don't have to do any of that head coach foolishness, and he, I and he does as, it his way. And I, I can be as grumpy and as curmudgeon as I want to be. Well, listen, uh, thanks, Omar. I oh. appreciate it, man. You have a great Christmas, and Thank you. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Vladdy, thanks, man, for coming in. Really, uh, really appreciate it. It's always good. And Vladdy stayed here last night on a couple hours of sleep. Came right from. Uh, from uh, doing the hockey uh, from the Panthers game. He, he, he says that, but then the truth of the matter is he probably went out to a bar somewhere. and you know, got No, up, there's got, no bar around him. You didn't hit and acquit. Oh, there's some bars around him. You him, didn't right? hit it and acquit it last night, did no, you? No, no, man. I mean, hell, there's a bar upstairs. There is. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm not saying what kind of talent's in there. I, I heard I the talent. I, I heard I the talent was out. really good. Yeah? It's uh, limited. Huh? It's limited. Like oh, you've seen it? That's yeah, it's that's, limited like free agency. Well, I don't want to know about it because I don't care. <laughs> that's because you like the freaks, Vlad. Uh, Vlad is, at night. 
Vladdy is part of the freak family when it comes to that. That's a legendary dude. We, one day, I just want him to tell his stories. The clean version. It'd be beautiful. Hey, hey that's going to do it for our show. <laughs> want to thank everybody and uh, for everybody out there. Have a happy holiday and a great Christmas. We'll see you again next week.